detective. Thrill me. When you when we talk about the Friday the Thirteenth franchise, I think it's fair to say that most films have a a moment or two that you would class as uh, what the hell was that? Uh, and that goes all the way back to the original. So I thought we'd we take some time now, fellas, and and go through each film and find those uh, what the fuck moments. But Jared, before we get started, mate, I believe you'd like to bring up some timeline inconsistencies with the series. Is that correct? Yeah, so we thought it was worth a mention if we're doing the definitive breakdown of the series, you have to mention the timeline because, quite frankly, it's all over the shop. And even when you sort of look into it, there's differing accounts and debate on what's going on anyway. So I've just sort of run with some notions here that were put together on, on a couple of internet sites. So part one takes place in... 79, supposedly, although the dates apparently match 1980. So there's a little bit of a a toss-up there, and that's where the inconsistencies begin. It's then mentioned in Part 2 that Alice is killed two months after what went on in the original. So that New York business is supposedly two months after the end of the first one. Okay, okay. Okay. And then the camp in in Part 2 is a five-year gap. Apparently. Okay, so it's five years, oh, two okay. months since Jason, since Mrs. Voorhees has had her head cut off. Is five years. Well, th- I think it's five years. So I think the two months is within that five years. Part of don't, five quote, years. don't quote me on this. I'm just dribbling at the moment. So does um, that mean it's been five years since he was the little child we saw drowned to, like, you know. Yeah. So bearded Jason. Whole, yeah. This is where the whole dream stuff okay. comes in. Was that right? So yeah, was it fight? Because really, if you're going by the timeline of when the events happened with Mrs. Voorhees, uh, when Jason actually drowned, he was already a grown he'd man in his by the 20s time he jumped 30. out of the lake. So right now, true. where was he? Just out of interest. Where was he? Uh, where New do you York. He was from I don't know. 1962 <laughs> to 1980. <laughs> Well, that's maybe that's his when he had time. Didn't to, even know where he was. Yeah. yeah well, at least the remake when he had time to answers that question. It. He. Yeah, he's been digging tunnels this whole time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's, been, he's been dealing with PTSD the same way Rambo does. Um, so, yeah. So moving into part three, that appears to be just after part two. So like a, a literally next day sort of situation. So, um, sorry, part two start is, is allegedly in 1984, is that? Yes, I think that's the year. And then part two, part three. So you see the news at the start where Steve Miner's on the news report, and um, being the being the reporter, it makes it clear that it's like one one to two days removed from part two. So Chris's attack from Jason came two years before that. So Chris's attack happened 82. before part two. So Jason um, Jason donned his part three get up. Then went back to the sack head. <laughs> then got the gear out for part three again. Maybe part three is the Sunday best, and the the sack head was just kind of you know work day Jason or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's you getting around gear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so part four is another sort of day to two day period. Yeah, and this is where the amusing sort of discussions about Rob take place and how long. His sister's sort of been disappeared and how long he had to prepare for his trip and how he got all the information and all that, but I'm sure we'll get into that. 
part but also, five. This now this now ties up the fact that the movie was made in eighty four and the film is set in eighty four. Yeah. So it starts so to So we line finally up. tied the we're we're no longer in the future. <laughs> Not for long, Adam. No Not for in long. The actual future. <laughs> Not for long. Because part five, and you mentioned this about Tommy's age. Part five is uh, Tommy's supposed to be seventeen. So people have worked that out as as it should be nineteen eighty nine slash nineteen ninety at this point. Okay. So, yeah. uh, part six it's another is big one jump. year later. Yeah. So we're ninety ninety one. We're going in like basketball seasons here. We're, we're bridging ninety and ninety one because we don't know. Beyond that, I believe it gets. Uh, it's sort of just like the smaller gaps. Actually, no, because Tina. She's coming back after an incident that took place, so then the timeline sort of gets a bit mixed up then as well. But they don't say that what what year that she no. killed her father, right? No. So the date there is unknown, but people are placing that as taking place around 2000. <laughs> I don't know well, how. I don't know how we get here, but... In so a pinch, let's say 94, Tina, 95. Even. Tina was supposed to be seven when, when that stuff took place with her. Uh, sorry, not seven. She was, yeah, she was seven when that stuff took place with her dad. And they're saying that that was around the 1991 period. Okay? So right. Tina is now 17, which places us in the year 2000. <laughs> huh. Okay. <laughs> and then... Technology looks a bit spotty for them, but that's oh, okay. I know, I know. Well, and okay. the fashions don't line up. The fashions yep. don't quite line up with the 2000s. So then Jason takes takes Manhattan is supposedly another one to two year gap, undefined again. But, yeah, people are saying that's that's early 2000s, one, two. Beyond that, it's sort of, beyond that, it sort of seems to just clear up a little bit. Um, I think Jason Goes to Hell sort of ignores it, as does, obviously, Jason X is, is its own beast. What a wonderful beast it is. And then the remake and Freddy vs. Jason also sort of just place it in current day. So, yeah, part eight, I don't know what was going on, but but between part one and part eight, we've worked our way up to the early 2000s. Wow. So there you go. If you can make make sense of that. (laughs) The fact that you're telling me They should have. Jason arrived the same year as 9/11. Yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little <laughs> perturbed by that whole nonsense. That's nonsense. What? Yeah, it's crazy. It's all over the place. Wow. Um, but yeah, just another what they fun done. aspect of the series to to discuss. And look, it's part of the screenwriting process is that they have to have these things like Jason being underwater for a while between six and seven, so he's all rotted and the like. Yeah. No one actually thinks to say, well, okay, he was under there for three months. And that would have cut cut the mustard anyway. Like, you know, you could have just said he looked really rotted. He shouldn't have been super rotted, but it's enough to say three months. Like, there should have only been little tiny gaps between each film. That's right. It's sort of because uh, it's a combination of you're playing with the timelines of, of things that happen to people and then jumping to, you know, Mrs. Voorhees taking revenge or jumping to Jason growing up or somebody having an incident with Jason and then 10 years later, it's all over the shop. But, yeah, it, as you said, it comes down to giving screenwriters a little bit of freedom to do what they want to do and, secondly, pumping them out every year while you're trying to do that and not really taking any notice to say, you know, this isn't our prestige property. We're not going to have somebody coming in and saying, hang on a minute, here's the Friday the 13th Bible that you need to follow. That doesn't line up. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. It's almost as if the creatives in charge didn't have a plan 
or how this was all going to turn out. <laughs> yeah, funny that. Funny. <laughs> almost like that. Yeah, yeah I think that's pretty spot on. A sack of cash would just turn up at the office and they'd say, make another one as quick as you can. <laughs> yeah, but wouldn't you at least look look back at the one prior? <laughs> you would think, <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't you watch part yeah. three if you were writing part four? It's quite shocking the amount of people that were involved in the creative process that say, I'd never seen another one. It was just, I just got a job and I took it. Yeah. But I mean, I, I remember reading in the in the in Crystal Lake Memories a few times. Oh yeah, like I sat down and I I went through every film. I'm like, did you? Because <laughs> your timeline's way off. And yeah, you know, like the whole Rob thing. Like we'll get to that now. What the fuck stuff? But you, it's obvious you didn't <laughs> you didn't even look at it. If you're trying to tie him back to another character that was two days ago, yeah, died two days ago. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't work. <laughs> so. <laughs> Let's dive into these uh, WTF moments, uh, kicking off with the original from 1980, the most glaring one, the elephant in the room, or at least the elephant's trunk (laughs) in the room, (laughs) is Bacon seemingly having a boner. (laughs) Allegedly. No uh, no seeming about it, mate. (laughs) We haven't got his take on it, have we? No, I don't think so. It seems to be a strange place to have it, too. (laughs) They're in the middle of a rescue. (laughs) We're obviously excited. Blood's pumping to areas you don't want it going. And he, it just happened. It just happened. Or maybe he's just, there's just so much bacon down there that, you know, maybe he wasn't hard. Maybe, you know, I don't know. But it's, but it's impossible not to notice. I will say that. No. Yeah. Especially the way they frame it. Because they sort of come up. And the camera sort of comes up onto someone else's face and he's standing right by yeah. it. Looks like, it's look like, it looks like he's put it in their ear. Yeah. yeah. There's someone else's head and then Bacon's other head right behind it. Like, it's just, yeah. It's so oh, funny mate. that, I mean, the, the fact that he's wearing Speedos, everyone else is kind of, it's just, yeah, it's just one of those things that's, just absolute um, cinema magic. <laughs> you can't plan for that. <laughs> I I didn't have any other WTF moments, but there are a couple in this film. I mean, I don't quite understand the strip monopoly. Uh, oh like yes, I, <laughs> I think that's a that is one of the probably one of the worst scenes in the entire franchise. To be honest, I think it's safe that to say that. Uh, I think it's safe to say that a, a horny Kevin Bacon might have suggested that idea after <laughs> after a rough day shooting on the, yeah. on the lake. Yeah, <laughs> who knows? Maybe horn. it was a – yeah, maybe they shot that scene before that. He was still gunning. I don't know. <laughs> I'll say one of the, one of the what-the-fuck moments I have from this movie is just, just crazy Ralph in general. His behavior, the way the way he is just so <laughs> abrasive. And, and most importantly, though, when you stop to think about – I just got a real problem about the death curse in general in this town that really it's been yeah. 20 years. Only two kids have died and one kid drowned. Like, it's, But they're treating this like, oh, this whole fucking town is like a, it's a, filled with ghosts and demons and shit. And this guy's running up on people telling women like, oh, you, are all the girls as good looking as you? Like, oh, Ralph. Oh. I really wish. I really wish that in the remake they had have gone with a crazy Ralph because I just wanted to see that and Trent together. I just think that would have been <laughs> yes. awesome. I would see how Trent deals with it. It would have been fucking awesome. Luckily we yeah. got Donnie, which we could talk about later, yeah. 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 Um, 
Crazy Ralph has always been a funny one for me because you, you sort of, as a, if you're a fan of the series, you've got to have some sort of appreciation for it. There's, But, you know, a lot of people just have this reverence for it. I'm like... The performance was terrible. <laughs> Walt Gorney being an established actor and all this sort of stuff. Talk about over the top. I mean, Jesus Christ, rein it in, mate. <laughs> Be a bit it's more so subtle with it. Yeah, yeah but in, in Friday the 13th, an established actor is somebody who would tread the boards <laughs> down at the local bloody, yeah, down at the local theatre. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't true. anyone who had actually any talent. <laughs> Other than Kevin Bacon, of course. Even Bakesy, you know. Bakesy's, Bacon's probably better than the rest of them, to be honest, but only marginally. My, uh, I mean, the my worst little... one is that goose who bloody runs around with the with his bloody shirt tied in a oh. nappy and, and, and he's yeah. firing arrows at people. Yeah, get rid of him. That guy's the he's, worst. He's scary, mate. Yeah, I mean, if, I, if, I, if she didn't, if Mrs. Voorhees didn't do it, I reckon he should have. <laughs> he would have been the better mystery man. He's yeah, a loose he was terrible. He was terrible. My WTF is the whole Steve Christie and Alice thing. They have that scene that seems to insinuate that they're romantic, um, and if uh, if they aren't, then it comes off as very creepy for for Steve. <laughs> so it's just sort of the fact that it never goes anywhere. It's sort of, do you, did you really need that or could you have sort of worked that character, whatever character moments you wanted out of that, could you have found that somewhere else? Because obviously Steve Christie plays a fairly minor part. So, yeah, to have that very early on and then not come back, I'm kind of like, yeah, don't know about that. Yeah. And it's, I think it's obviously because Steve Christie leaves the camp and we don't have any time to sort of wrap it up because they, it was that, it's that night when everything happens. But still, yeah. there should yeah. have been something, anything, you know, even if it was her saying, look, don't touch me. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like, don't touch me, mate. No, 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 that's not what we're after. That's not what we're about. Yes. Yeah. One, one more time and I'm calling this year. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, that kind of not in, Not in those shorts, pal. Not in those. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do you what do you do wearing my shorts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. You've just solved it for me, mate. Obviously, he's woken up in the morning and couldn't find his clothes, so he's chucked hers on. That solves it. We know what's gone down now. I'm glad we hashed it out. If only he'd wandered out in a, in a short crop top as well. <laughs> we would have known. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> um, so I've got no. one that I picked up. Just from the the dialogue, so yep. Enos, I think his name is in the truck that gives uh, gives the girl Annie a lift. Yep, he starts talking about the camp as well, and he says they were going to open it in '62, but the water was bad. So, are we led to believe from that that Mrs. Voorhees poisoned? the entire lake or contaminated it somehow because it looks like a large lake. So I don't know whether when they were talking about it because they were tying it into, like, the the history of the camp, I was thinking, is that a side note or are we taking from this that Mrs Voorhees is ducking out to the lake with a bag of chemicals and tipping them in there or something (laughs) like that? Like, it just opens up this whole interesting angle that I would like to see kind of explored further. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe there was just a lot of mercury in the water, and that's what led to Jason being all fucked up or something. 
Maybe oh, this is maybe yeah, this is a, right. an, an indictment the on the it's a yeah it's an environmental really this is an indictment of the EPA. Well, <laughs> right, so we could make like a light. an Aaron Brockovich style exactly to, yeah. uh, to dark Friday waters. Yeah. yeah. Well, as we get along in this podcast, I'm sure we'll be talking about some environmental issues involving certain <laughs> characters around the place. <laughs> so it's yeah. not surprising the water was contaminated. True. A- any others for part one? Anything else that jumps out? None particularly, no. I mean, they get yeah, crazier pre- as they go along. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's pretty I mean, light even on this, considering. Even part two. I mean, let's look at Jenny's, Jenny's under the bed. Jason's oh. in the room. I mean, there's a, <laughs> a puddle of piss. The rat, the rat comes out and there's a puddle of piss. Oh, I'm not joking. It's, 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 you know, it's not a small amount of piss. It's a, it's a huge puddle of piss. <laughs> well, and the other thing is, like, Ginny judging, by, judging by the colour, if that was Ginny, she must have shat herself as well. Otherwise... <laughs> I don't know what's going on. It was it was uh, all kinds of off that colour. Yeah, she well, either she's needs not to drink very, fluids. very badly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Clearly dehydrated. Yeah. Either rehydrate, it's either that or she's shat herself at the same time. Uh, so <laughs> I mean, there is no need for that scene, but then it still has no conceivable answer apart from no no. Ginny pissed herself because there's no, I mean, the, the puddle of piss was. There's no way the rat could do that much. No. no. This is this is the final girl we voted as you know the strongest. I mean the best, or mo- many of us did. And to have her piss yeah. at the sight of a rat or whatever is just really yeah, yeah. upsetting. And yeah. she get and she comes out from under the bed after it's over and draw everything. The pants are dry. Everything totally so, dry. The filmmakers are obviously saying oh, it was the rat. <laughs> <laughs> you can't but if it was, that. why? Why is that? <laughs> the, the puddle's almost as big as the lake. <laughs> it's probably also contaminated. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, I totally agree, Brandon. Why? Why is there a? Why is the rat urinating? <laughs> what, Maybe it was a real <laughs> thing. Maybe the rat really did. Just pissed during this the scene, and they didn't. I, I, that's the only thing I can explain for any rational reason for going to the detail of putting this rat urine on the ground. I just don't get it. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like it's, it's an unnecessary addition because the yeah. scene doesn't require it. In Absolutely, could have still had the rat because she's trying not to scream. Yeah, but you don't need the piss. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> Definitely and we can't not. talk right. about number two, I think, without the, I mean, the very start of the movie is the one of the biggest, just, <laughs> what is, what is happening? Who's calling her? Is he in New York? Is she, like, I'm just confounded by the entire opening of this, uh, this second one. Is she living down near Crystal Lake? I, that's what I'm, I have to imagine she's at least close by, which at that, like, why are you close by? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think there was some information in the, in the, the novel, novelization. That indicated that she'd gone to the camp to sort of like for closure back to the camp, and he'd followed her from there. Mm. But even right. so, I mean, this requires a number of. He doesn't things have a car. Jason. Well, he's got to have some cash. He's got to find a coin to use the payphone. He's got to use a payphone. He's got to look up a number. I mean, Jason at this point is hard pressed to tie <laughs> his own shoes. Yet he's doing all this stuff. Yeah, it just doesn't add up. 
He he could yeah, only muster yeah. enough strength and energy and wit to rip one hole in that potato sack. <laughs> and so you know yeah, he's not the sharpest right. tool in the shed. Yeah, he can't he can't go one two one two. There's no, no. there's no sort no. of correspondence there. But he can he can dial dial a ten digit number. <laughs> Mate, that's rotary phones too, mate. So he's not getting that. <laughs> yeah, that that's gun. a different area <laughs> code and everything. Yeah. He's, he's getting was, his finger stuck in that. A punch, can... phone? <laughs> punch Maybe. phone? Maybe. <laughs> I'll, I'll give him some, a chance. But he's not getting the rotary phone worked out. And, and you're spot on. He needs a coin. <laughs> he needs he a does. coin. He does. He can't just um, rig. Yeah, he can't just. He doesn't know how to reverse. I mean, yeah. How's he? He's not reversing. Maybe he does. Maybe, maybe the call started with you receiving a call from <laughs> Jason. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Do you accept the charges? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got to ask Brandon about this one because this is something that we're not as familiar with. But they mentioned that the summer camp. They talk about when they're going for a walk in the summer camp or something. They're like, um, just be careful. Take note of the bears. Just be careful about the bears that are close by. Yeah. Do you actually put summer camps in places that a child might be mauled by a bear? Yeah. Well, first off, I mean, like I live, I used to live in Maine, and Maine there are bears around there. I'm sure in, yep. in rural areas, rural parts, there are summer camps located near near a part where there might be a bear. But I don't know of. First off, I don't know of many New Jersey bears, which is where this is kind of <laughs> supposed to be set. Like again, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I do know that. They would never be so close to put it near where children are supposed to stay. There's yeah, yeah. some park oh, rangers coming up there. <laughs> yeah, that's a lawsuit waiting to happen, surely. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, obviously we don't uh, we don't have that sort. Of, although we, I'm sure we have you know school camps and shit where there's bloody brown snakes and things. So it's probably not not too different. Yeah. The other big one too is more of a worry than the bears. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. The other big one, <laughs> especially for me if you too can is, use phones uh, and track people down. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's <laughs> upskilling. Jason <laughs> Jason realizes that his skills aren't aren't quite of the era, so he's upskilling as he goes. Um, what I want to see, what I wanted to see, was a, a a shot of him in the phone booth, holding the phone, looking at it, going, <laughs> "What do I do with this? <laughs> How do I handle this?" Yeah. yeah. Now that I know yeah. that he's in New York in 2001, I wonder if he used MapQuest to get there or, or what sort of technology he's getting into then, yeah. Yeah, Jason's getting on the GPS by that point. <laughs> Absolutely. The the last one that I had listed was obviously the, the famous Crazy Ralph one, how the rope goes over the tree because it looks like a fucking oh, big yeah. tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes absolutely no sense yet, the tree. <laughs> Yeah, judging by the judging by the, the what we see of the tree, that thing's at least twenty foot, maybe more. Like you're not getting it over the top. You're not just looping it over the top like that. So that's that's no. definitely you gotta bring that one up. Crazy Ralph was a minimum six foot tall. Jason has to be taller than that. This it has to be a tree stump, not, a, yes. <laughs> not an actual tree. Yeah. yeah something it's like super that. easy fix too. Just whip it around the tree. Yeah. But how often do you leave a tree stump that high? You cut that thing down to bloody <laughs> knee height at worst, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's a small tree. Maybe Jason was in the tree and he came sliding <laughs> yeah. down. <laughs> yeah, he had his fucking <laughs> cleats on. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. Any others for part two? That was all for me.
Yeah, I think that's good. I mean, his, his weird yeah. little shack there has always confounded me. The, the, the things on the walls there, what he's collecting there, who who he chooses to bring there. It's uh, And again, what, how long has he been living there? Because I'm just fascinated by his, you know, these years in between that go unexplained. Yeah. So I, I, I'm going to assume that that's where he was living, obviously, between 59 or whatever and 80. Yeah. That's that's where he's living. Mrs. Voorhees never came. I mean, she was too busy poisoning the water supply. <laughs> so she didn't have time to find a ramshackle building and go, oh, Jason, yeah. you're still here. And it looks like, uh, uh, I'm going to say, it looks like there was a large number of rats that might have also peed slash shat themselves in, in that um, little hut of his too. Well, he's got to be yeah. eating rats, right? He's eating rats. He's got, what yeah, else is he eating? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely this something. This is a real like uh, Halloween resurrection situation, right? They're always munching rats down in that basement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's surviving on a pretty. Michael had a re- relatively tidy domicile compared to compared to Jason. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And he, Michael's driving around. He's locking his car with automatic lock beepers and shit. Yeah, yeah he's he's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got, He's far more. You know. Look, he sophisticated. Be but yeah, <laughs> yeah, he knows how to use a phone. Yeah, he, he can do all this stuff. Jason, on the other hand, I mean, he must be pounding down a fair amount of rats because, you know, to put on the kind of weight and muscle he's got on, you need three to 4,000 cal. You've got to find some kind of sustenance. Yeah, yeah definitely. Well, oh. We do know there's bears in the area, so maybe he's eating bears too. Wouldn't surprise me if he's killing bears, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they also found that find the dog, don't they? Is it the dog? No, it's not what looks like the dog. Remember on when they're in there, Sandra and Jeff are going into Camp Blood and oh, they come yes. across what looks like a corpse of that dog, Missy or whatever it's called, mm-hmm. Muffin. Yep. Yeah. yeah, he left a meal at the table right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, someone's coming. <laughs> <laughs> it might be mum. I'm trying, I'm trying to, I've been trying to avoid her for 25 years. <laughs> She's been riding my ass for so long. I just need some face. Yeah, just my own little shack in the woods where I can just be alone. <laughs> okay, part three. I just put down here, one of them, everything that Shelley does... <laughs> Every yeah. single thing the bloke does yep. is just, why are you doing this? Yes. What are you doing? And I mean, even when he gets vaguely normal briefly. Yeah. I mean, you're not getting still, an invite. No one's inviting you. If they know that this is what you're up to. <laughs> yeah, what's his connection? You're not invited. What's his connection to the others? Because they never really say, or he doesn't seem to know. He knows Andy, I think, the guy yeah. who gets chopped. He's friends with Andy. Cirque du Soleil performer. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, there's the connection. <laughs> yeah. And they both perform their little circus tricks and acts and whatever, but Andy knows when to. Andy's got a filter. He knows when the circus tricks are allowed and when they're not. Shelley's still learning that. Shelly's just a goddamn prankster, and uh, I could not deal with him more than five, ten minutes. This guy is, he reminded me of, uh, who's the guy, Franklin. Franklin in Texas Chainsaw Mass, the uh, original. Just a uh, great yeah. character to the point where, like, I, I need you to die soon. Yeah, you gotta go. You're hindering, you're hindering my enjoyment of this so much. <laughs> yeah. 
It'd be funny to. I, mean, uh, I would like to see a Survivor style uh, show with all these characters: Franklin, Shelley. It'd be interesting to see who's getting voted off first and why. I reckon Shelley would be close. Shelley and Franklin would be the, both. They'd be the, the the first two candidates to get voted off. I reckon. No, because Shelley Shelley would be the first one out because he'd walk out with a bloody plastic mask on. They'd say, "Welcome to the ceremony." Welcome to the ceremony, General. Ah, uh, Shelly, fuck off. Jason's over there waiting for you <laughs> on your bike, son. Tell your story walking, mate. Because that's how we get introduced to him. That's how he gets introduced to Vera. So immediately yeah. she's offside. Yeah, she's yeah, not yeah. Having a bar of his crap, surely. Yeah, and the, the biggest, and then- the, the biggest, uh, or the strangest decision for mine is. You seem to be making. You seem to be making some progress there. You're talking to. Forgotten a name? Is it it's Vera? Is the Vera. one that he's talking to? Yeah. Vera. You, you're acting normal and you're making a connection with Vera, but because she doesn't immediately turn from, yeah, this guy that's been bloody jumping out in masks and carrying on on like a dickhead the whole trip, because she doesn't immediately turn to, yeah, let's jump in the sack, he thinks, oh, well, I'll fuck that up, so I'm just going to jump into a scuba suit and fucking scare her while she's sitting on the wharf again. <laughs> Mate, how about you just say, all right, let, oh, can I come for a walk with you? We'll just have a chat. <laughs> he just keep keep this normal relationship progressing because it was going somewhere. Yeah, he seems to ramp it up a notch with this <clears throat> ridiculous trying to scare her angle, and yep. the whole thing when he falls out with the axe in his head. Yep. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been away on a few trips to the coast, and <laughs> that's really not getting anyone excited. And secondly, yeah. most of us are shit-faced by about that time. Yeah, so yeah exactly. I wouldn't have even known. <laughs> he just yeah, well, there for about an hour after uh, I stumbled across him. After half a dozen rock hoppers, you'd probably just tell me I'm a scumbag <laughs> if I can mumble off and fall asleep, as you normally do when you're in that state. But uh, yeah, you're exactly right. Like, of all the coast trips we've, we've sort of been to, the hijinks never seem to be that well planned, for one. Like, it's always just, I've had six beers. Oh, um, this sounds like a good idea. I'm going to throw a piece of paper at him or something stupid like that. It's not. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go and get the FX kid out and put a fake <laughs> axe in my head. <laughs> I don't know. Have these characters ever survived the movies? Do these pranksters ever live to see well, the credits? Because it seems like well, most, most killers have... have uh, Lo- just love killing these people, and we yeah. love watch them die. Yeah, well, they, they Ted, were just set up Ted, to be knocked down. These ones, surely. Ted in part two is kind of your prankster, and he survives. Um, True, by yeah, no, but but by sheer luck. I mean, that was you know. <laughs> yeah, but Ted's Ted's a little bit different because he's sort of a uh, he's he's got a level of popularity. Everyone seems to love the bloke. Other than the audience, <laughs> but he's sort of <laughs> so he yeah he's got he's a, he's a little bit a little bit different. And as Luke pointed out yesterday, he's uh, he's partial to going and t- uh, tying one on at the bar, which ended up saving his life. Yep. I'd like to know where he ended up. Probably still at the I bar. I could have seen a Frank Drebin style laugh bit where he wanders back into camp and by sheer <laughs> drunkenness misses Jason. <laughs> that would have been yeah. great, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That would have been golden. It would have been absolutely golden. Absolutely. I would love to see him arrive, though, at the camp. Just to, an entire, you know, slaughter of, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, for some reason, thought there was a sequence where he does return. 
but now obviously that's not correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that wasn't a Marvel stinger at the end there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that post credit sequence. Yeah. That used. <laughs> yeah. I also have to bring up the uh, the intro theme. I mean. Manfredini takes us to Crystal Lake via Funky Town or fucking Electric <laughs> Avenue or something. Like, I don't know what's going on there. They <laughs> tried to cash in on the on the disco and hit us, with a, <laughs> hit us with a little bit of disco music to kick things off. Surely disco was dead by then, by 82. <laughs> you would think was so. It not? I understand it. Murdered stacks of records in the, 80, in the late 70s. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the what the... Well, the rationale was they wanted to try and get a little bit of sort of a commercial crossover thing happening. <laughs> I don't know whether that was the selling them the soundtracks, yeah. <laughs> you really want a horror theme you can dance to, you know what I mean? That's right. That's right. That's the first thing I'm thinking. I want to be able to cut the rug to the Friday the 13th music. I believe that it's a bit of a hit in the clubs. That that remix. Freddie Freddy had some Still jams, this. you know what I mean, in his series there later oh, on. So true, I think no, Jason true. was lacking, and this is glad <laughs> yeah, we have this one was. here. Yeah, he yeah, it's good that was. Jason can, can can compete when you know when the DJ asks, it t- takes requests, and Freddie says, "Put mine on." <laughs> Jason can say, "Hey, me too." <laughs> Just cue mine up. Yeah, it's disco time, it's Jason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yours is okay, Freddie, but can you dance to that one? Because mine, like. You can dance to that. But yeah, but Freddie's got like, I've got one by Will Smith, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> we just keep upping it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> wow. Didn't they also have um have one with, uh, what was the one, um, Are You Ready for Freddie? Who was he? The who Fat was he Boys. Uh, that shit? The Fat oh, Boys. The Fat Boys. Oof. That's I mean, Jason had some Alice Cooper. Jason did have some Alice Cooper. He did, Cooper. yes. Yes. Yeah. I think the Fat Boys, that, that song's just stood the test of time beautifully, hasn't it? Oh, my God. I remember <laughs> seeing the film clip again and just going, oh. Yeah, I'd say he's it like... Was the, it was the absolute like, um, height of Freddy's crap. Too. Yeah, they're like his long-lost cousins or something in the film clip. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want to associate yourself with, a <laughs> pedophile... <laughs> Child murderer, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just I a mean, natural fit, too. Freddie when became looking, a good bloke in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> when, when you go to the record company and they get the Rolodex out and you say, oh, yeah, we've got a child killer. There's possible, you know, there's thoughts put in place that he's he may be molesting kids, too. Oh, let me just get the Rolodex out. How about the Fat Boys? What do you reckon? Oh, yeah, perfect fit. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Sounds great. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Whose career, whose career was that boosting? I know. <laughs> I'm assuming the Fat Boys. Because Freddie was at the peak of his powers right then. Mm. That was in, that was between three and four, I think. Yep. And that's when they were absolutely making squillions of dollars. You know, they were they were very popular. Yep. All right. Speaking of someone getting sexually assaulted, that's my big WTF moment in part three. Is the whole thing involving Jason and Chris. And the story she tells and where, you know, where, forget about where it sort of comes into it. It just, it doesn't make any sense. It, no. it doesn't fit the Friday the 13th franchise at all. Because like, they, they never, ever do anything like this in any of the other films. Yeah. And, and maybe I overthought it, but the insinuation to me was he was trying to rape her. Well, can I just add to it too? And watching it this time is the very first time I'd noticed this somehow. But the TV report 
also states, though unconfirmed, reports of cannibalism and sexual mutilation. So when you tack that on top of the Chris stuff, I was kind of like, ooh, (laughs) I feel sort of uncomfortable now. I don't want to watch any further. I have to take a break. That was a road that we just did not want to take. And also, Breakdown Part 3 as a whole, it is just a a mess of different tones then, if that's the case, because you're offering up cannibalism, sexual mutilation, Jason attacking a girl in what I would have considered a sexual assault attempt, and then you've got fucking Saturday Night Fever on the soundtrack. (laughs) It doesn't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) Although now that we've seen the fanatic... Travolta, you know, he <laughs> likes to dance and then go down to that sort of, you know, he, he can, he can do, do it both ways too. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan of these, of when they do this in these series, especially when you're, you, you sort of root for the killer, you know what I mean? In, in a series littered, littered with sexual predators, it's okay if he's going to kill them, <laughs> but I don't want him to be one. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Isn't he supposed to be enforcing those morals while absolutely <laughs> yeah. destroying other ones? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That sort of takes someone out who's doing that sort of crap. But yeah, that sort of stuff is, just doesn't work the other way. That sort of stuff is Leatherface's corner. You know, you yeah. don't just just leave that corner to him, and you you go deal on another one. You know, like or Rob, Rob, Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie's squarely in that corner too. Yeah, you know, and you look at his Halloweens and and see the similar type of grungy, sort of ugly aesthetic that he always adds that involves this kind of. I mean, the remake of Halloween with the uh, his his escape involving the the mm. girl in the in the cell with those. Two. I mean, that was yeah, just, that was just awful. And it doesn't I yeah, mean, it I doesn't don't, belong in this sort of this yeah, scene. Like, it doesn't it, belong it, in these sorts of films. Just because you have the killer in the movie, it doesn't mean that's the sort of movie it is. You know, there's a different. It's a different style of entertainment. It's not hard hitting. It's not. The way to explore those sort of things in the human, you know, human condition in that in that way, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not making a statement with no. Jason yeah. attempting to sexually assault somebody, other than a musical statement with that disco thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Any more in part three? Yeah, I just had one small one. So our crazy Ralph this time is now a town drunk that sleeps on the road and collects eyeballs. And I still think I like him better. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, yeah. I just thought that the progression from crazy Ralph to that guy. Hey, what was he's that? in it less. He's only in it for about yeah. ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. Very, very slight appearance from him. But yeah, that was just a little one I thought was worth mentioning. For sure. All right, into part four. First things first is Crispin Glover's dancing. I mean, <laughs> what is that? Legendary. <laughs> <It's>, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm it's... not sure. But it's, it's, I wish I could do it. I wish I could yeah. just, you know, spontaneously break out into something like that. It's hard to describe. He gets a lot of high knees going. Yeah. Mate, a lot of high knees. A lot of, sh- a lot of sharp movements. A lot of hard, <laughs> sharp, fast movements. <laughs> Yeah, sort of stabbing motions with the hands. Yeah, like. by slicing almost. Yeah, it's pretty, I don't know. I think he was out of his time there. He was, he was. Yeah, I think that might, yeah, might have been the, that might have been the forerunner to crumping or something like that. Like, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Do you know what, though? His character gets laid. 
Yeah. <laughs> surely, surely that is immediately struck you off the list. That's a little bit a little bit of peacocking though, isn't it? He's just drawing me off. Just yeah. to begin with. Yep. <laughs> Getting the attention, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was just brilliant. Although oh, I'm I'm very glad great. they um I'm very glad they didn't allow him to sort of have any soundtrack form after seeing that bloody clown song that he did that stumbled across that on YouTube. So oh. I'm glad they didn't let oh, him write oh, a song as well as dance a lot. Yeah, he's a strange fella. Yeah. Even back then, I'm sure he was a strange bloke. But um, look, that was only a small one for me. The big, big one there is is what we were saying about Rob. Yeah, like he's 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 in the woods. Two days? Is it two days or three? After the death of his sister. Even if we're generous, it's like a three to four day stretch tops. So yeah. So he's immediately found out his sister's dead. He's he's <laughs> grieved. <laughs> he's grieved. Yep. And then he's immediately strapped up Rambo style with all his gear and mm. headed into the woods. And he's obviously had a shopping trip to bloody Kathmandu. He's got his he's got his hiking <laughs> boots and his uh, you know his long sort of thermal socks and all that sort of gear. He's already he's already stocked up. So that must have taken. I mean, it would have taken a day to do the preparations to make the, the trip to Kathmandu. Buy your maps. Buy you know. So but there's he's on one day foot gone too. So he didn't drive up there. No. <laughs> he's on foot. So he's surely been hitchhiking he's for hiking, a couple though. of days. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, I mean, any way you slice it, pardon the pun, it's like anyone that comes across him and he's has the two bits of information, anyone, they find out about the, any murders that have taken place and then hear his story, you're just looking at him going, where's the phone? I'm just going to quickly give the cops a call and let them know they might want to have a chat to this bloke. Just sort of you know, get the ball rolling on some inquiries because he's suspect number one at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> no one knew who Jason was. No. Oh, no, well, they did at the start of part four because obviously they brought him in. Oh, yeah, sorry. I think of they course. were. But even then, his first massacre was two days ago or three days ago. Or four days ago, being generous. <laughs> <laughs> so how his word spread? The cops haven't even solved the case yet. Do you th- do you think they're looking elsewhere? They're looking at Rob. <laughs> the cops haven't joined the dots yet. <laughs> once they call up, <laughs> once like- they call up Rob's family to inform and say, "Oh, your sister's or your sister slash daughter, whatever, whoever they're calling, they're missing," and they have a little chat and find out, "Oh, yeah, Rob's already taken off to Crystal Lake." The police are going, "Hang on a minute." That was quick. Was he already here, perhaps? Maybe he's he's doing the job. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's just another one of those things. It's a bit of fun to fun to talk about. It just doesn't add up. But again, from a writing standpoint, you didn't need it. He didn't have to be related to Sandra. He didn't have to be anybody. He could have been just a guy hiking in the woods. So I actually like... I actually he has all like the cutouts the fact, in the papers. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I actually like the fact that he is. I kind of like the fact that there was someone with some skin in the game that was sort of getting other people on board that this is what might be happening. But it doesn't hold up in the context of looking back to, to two and three. When you when you look at it standalone as part four and try not to think of the timeline, I actually do like that that was the, that was the way they went. I think they should have had it as one of the girls killed in part one. Well, that probably would have made a little bit more sense. 
He's been roaming the wilderness for four years. Everyone seems to know. (laughs) Everyone seems to know that it was it was Mrs. Voorhees that did it then. But nobody was aware that Jason was Jason was a young boy slash growing man with a football shaped head and a sack over it that was (laughs) perpetrating these crimes. All right. Any more in part four? I mean, part four's got a couple of uh, amusing things, but it's a little bit tighter. I think, in terms yeah, of definitely. there's, there's yeah. I mean, less of that kind of shit. I know we're going to mention it later on in another segment, but I mean, I mean, Axel at the beginning here is just some of his behavior. <laughs> but one of the one of the lines I wrote down from the nurse who he's having sex with that I laughed out loud was, was Axel, I'm not going to fake any more orgasms for you. <laughs> <laughs> like, this guy's yeah. the worst. He's talking he about is. yeah how sexy the cadavers are and... <laughs> Yeah, oh, absolute yeah. piece of shit. He's Woof. a horror show, mate. Yeah. He's a horror story. And the worst part is he plays the lovable Fackler in the Police Academy movie. <laughs> That's right. <yeah. laughs> I was expecting him to knock something over. It was a set fire and everything, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had one more yeah, little uh, WTF. Yeah, I had one more little WTF, and that was the uh, the Hitchhiker. I've, I have brought it up before, but I love the fact she's having so little success that she's taken the time to, to, to place fuck you on the back of the board just in case she doesn't get a ride. She's already prepared for those people that drive past and tell, you know, make fun of her that she can quickly just whip the board around and give them the bird on the way past. I thought that was, that was magnificent planning from a hitchhiker just to, just to be prepared for all scenarios. I mean, she would probably have to, even even to the links of some of the others where they've had fodder characters that you barely know. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't even speak, I don't think. No, no. Well, she speaks volumes with that board. Fuck you. She sits down and gets stabbed in the neck. Yeah. Yeah, it was (laughs) just uh, I thought it was just an amusing little side note. All right, on to part five. This is the real... This one is just chock full. <laughs> like this one yeah. is chock full yeah. of moments. Part eight is also a, a candidate with a few under its belt. But part five, for starters, Tommy has aged ten years. Looks like it. I mean, yep. he looks like a. He looks like Corey Feldman's father. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If he's seventeen, mate, I'm a fucking toddler. Like he's. <laughs> he, he's that is not a five-year age difference. <laughs> he looks nothing like Corey Feldman. Yep. He is now like no, no. all buffed up, and, and you know he's cracking a beard just about. Yeah, they've got a they've got a state-of-the-art gym at the the mental health facility, obviously, because he's he's working out. Well, I've got question marks on that. That's a fair old WTF as well. The Unger <laughs> Institute of Mental Health is hardly <laughs> secure. I yeah, I want to see. I want to see a protocol document before I'm dropping off any more patients here. <laughs> Is this some sort of Ponzi scheme or, or like a like a yeah a Vikram yoga? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think. Oh yeah, even, we're a mental health institute. I don't think <laughs> We've they've got even a stutterer re- and a couple of nymphomaniacs. Yeah. yeah, and we got this crazy asshole out back chopping wood. Who gave this guy an axe? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, obvious anger issues. Um, let's allocate him to the woodcutting task. That, that's a good chore for him. That, that'll work out great. <laughs> I could just see a, a, a scene from inside the, 
inside the institute where the guy who runs it comes out whistling with his little board and then he looks down and he goes, oh, shit, Vic's on fucking wood chopping duty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Charging out there, stop. <laughs> uh, Not only that, but there's another point where Tommy's strutting around with a knife at one point, isn't he? Yeah. So. He's carrying a hunting knife or, or something. Yeah. Like that. He's, it's, a, it's one of those ones that folds up into the handle, but. And I'm sure it's in a fa- I'm sure in a facility that holds about seven people, we could possibly say we'll just take one <laughs> nymphomaniac and we'll shit the other one over to the next county. Because <laughs> <laughs> this isn't gonna work. <laughs> Pam says to him, Pam says to the boss, should we actually have two of them in the same place, a male and a female? And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't worry about it. Yeah, after this, I think the first thing on the list was, how do we move forward from here? When we when we, when we take this meeting offline, where do we go from here? Item one, uh, one info policy in place. <laughs> we'll put that there. Uh, look, that would save us some hassles. Uh, uh, a sane person just chopped the wood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we will have uh, no no inpatients uh, chopping wood. We'll hire someone to do that. <laughs> someone with sound mind to do that. Um, I'll tell you what, though. Joey's the worst. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what that guy thinks he's doing in <laughs> his performance is... Oh. I don't know who told him to do that, but it's just... Awful. He's another one that in Crystal Lake Memories talks about how he didn't just want to pr- portray, <laughs> he didn't just want to portray this as cardboard cutout of a person with a mental um, disability. And then you watch the movie and it's, <laughs> <laughs> it, it'd go down as one of the worst portrayals in cinema history of a person with a mental disability. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty I mean, transcendent. It's, it's, I don't know. <laughs> Didn't he get a Best Supporting Actor nom for this? Yeah, yeah, I think a couple. He swept yeah. the awards. Yeah, I, I'd like to, I'd like to think that this is where Travolta Travolta took some of his kicks to the finale. Poppycock. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, and what's with Tommy? Uh, Tommy, when he throws that fucking guy into the wall, like flips him over his shoulder, it comes into like John Claude Van Damme out of nowhere, flips him over his shoulder, then just starts beating the shit out of his face. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. shit! This guy could take Jason, maybe. Yeah, yeah, he was unhappy about the two nymphos policy. And took it out. <laughs> yeah, the policy of the place seems to be rather than treatment, you just. Wander around and do as you please. Access to anything you like. It, just, it doesn't seem to be any sort of treatment going on at this at this facility. Well, none that again, I can see anyway. From a from a just a quick sort of scripting perspective, wouldn't you have had it like they were alcoholics or something? It, it's much easier to create that kind of rehab style setup, kind of like that. It's a little looser because you're you're allowed to leave rehab. If you're a celebrity, you leave rehab like three days after you get there. But that would have made more sense because yeah. there's there's a girl there. There's the girl. Uh, I can't remember her name. Is it, um, it's, you know, the stutterer puts the moves on her and fails. Oh, yeah. I've forgotten the name as well. There is no information. <laughs> there's no information to what kind of. Issue she might have. Yeah. Like and might I add that if stuttering is that bloke's only issue, he's not going to be in an institute? <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be his only problem too. 
<laughs> but also, stuttering in a slight confidence violent. issue, which last time I checked, violent. you didn't get locked up for, or not locked up for. <laughs> We're not sending you violent. to jail. We'll send you to an insane asylum for your stutter. <laughs> That'll fix it. Yeah. <laughs> Violet, her biggest crime is doing a robot. Yeah. <laughs> she hasn't done anything wrong as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you are suffering from... She doesn't from, like to talk to people and she does the robot in her own room. You are suffering from a uh, rhythmic deficit. Um, you'll be <laughs> you'll be placed with the nymphomaniacs where you can observe rhythms very regularly. <laughs> and you need see a, a, a lesson in rhythm, let me introduce you to Kristen Glover from the film before. <laughs> Yeah, I we think, brought uh, in a specialist. <laughs> we brought in a specialist for you. His I name's also, uh, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> I also think by the uh, by some of the things that come out in the film and reading more about it, that the director, um, Danny, what's his name, Danny Steinman, was it? Um, he, I think he might have been campaigning for the Ungan Nymphomaniacs Institute, so he could have the whole place going <laughs> and doing it. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. So basically we've worked out that this is a, an institute of mental health because it actually does say it on the side of the van. you got two yeah. nymphos, a stutterer, a girl who does the robot, an angry guy with an axe, and Joey, the I don't know what his specific mental deficiency was, but, it you know, there's something there. And Acting, then Tommy I think it Jarvis, was. <laughs> Tommy Jarvis, guy struggling with PTSD after murdering a mass murderer. He's yep. the guy you put with and, them. Yes, yeah, the and they've got two people. Sense. They've got two people that don't seem to specialise in any particular field of mental health. So. <laughs> Neither Where one of them's a doctor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one's got a PhD. <laughs> there's, there's and a- the bloke, the bloke that drops people off is likely to go to go up to the nymphomaniacs and say, How you doing? That <laughs> guy. <laughs> and get them all worked up. Like this is just <laughs> I can't see how this is gonna go pear shaped at all. <laughs> Who signed off on putting it out at Crystal Lake, too? <laughs> it seems like not the best place. We've, no. had, we've had three massacres Spec- of young people in one place. Yeah. You've had you've had five years to assess this. Oh, God. Seemingly, judging by his age, you've had, five, well, maybe 15 years by the look of him, but it's been a long time that you could have gone through this process. Okay, any more about part five? I mean... We probably will talk more about uh, some of the lesser, <laughs> lesser, lesser people running around, running around that area um, in another there's section that, here. Yeah, I mean, there's just that one great moment of filmmaking, that shot of, of, the, of Roy as he lifts his head as he's lifting his son's body. And it's just kind of, it's a good two or three second shot on his face, just like staring at the camera like... <laughs> You get it, Dum Dums? Yep. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> it's just so funny. That maybe yeah, someone yeah. who's who's never seen a movie in their life <laughs> might keep going along. But <laughs> and, and meanwhile, his ambulance partner, who's supposed to have a little bit of empathy, goes, Oh, you bloody pussies. <laughs> <laughs> you are a top bloke, aren't you? <laughs> top bloke. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, man. yeah, exactly. Knows how to read the room. <laughs> his, uh, his social intelligence is off the scale. <laughs> All right. Because I didn't necessarily want any of them to have any more lines, I had to bring a couple of characters into the what the fuck. Obviously, the drifter, which we've discussed. <laughs> Just the gold standard for someone to quickly knock off the screen. I mean, they don't even bother to give him any time at all. Why would you? You know, they just bring him in to say something stupid and then get knocked off as quickly as possible. Also, the greases. Another example, but uh, I don't know. (laughs) It was just so weird the way they were treating each other, the bloke that's just absolutely abusing the other one and then gets back to the car and starts to rat a tat just like sing along. And what's one of the worst improvised, like you can tell they're just like, go with it, buddy, and he's just trying to come up with a song there. rat a tat It's like, oh my lord. Yeah. And again, oh. they, they also suffer from um, they also suffer from the, the problems that are plaguing Crystal Lakes. That thanks to Super Spreader Harold, there they, they seem to have a greasy ass. Uh, <laughs> you, can't, you can't wait to take a crap in a normal toilet. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know of anyone who because the guy didn't seem to have a whole lot of urgency. He was just like, I need to go to the toilet, but he wasn't like, oh man, if I don't go now, I'm going to shit myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He needed. He just said, I need to go to the toilet. So he I'm needed just going to go crap in the moment. <laughs> yeah, he needed to be shuffling there with some some real sort of oh god something's gonna happen. Oh, that's right because we did we didn't mention demons like like his shit serenade, did we? With his girlfriend no. outside, yeah, that's also a what the hell is going on here? That is just, I mean, that would go down as possibly my favourite moment in the whole series. Like that that sequence of him sitting on the toilet, alternating back and forth from "You're gonna get it, bitch," and then two seconds later they're singing. Oh, Baby, oh, baby, <laughs> all lovey-dovey again. <laughs> Although, if, I, if, I was, if I was going through similar bowel issues, thanks to the damn enchiladas, <laughs> I'm sure I'd be a little bit moody as well. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd be seeing, seeing something a little more, um, how do I put it, maybe some metal. <laughs> something a, a bit more strenuous, fire. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. absolutely. Just, yeah, well, his girlfriend should have been telling him that's what you get for buying ten different greasy takeaways on the way over here. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't take it out on me. I'm not the idiot that was fucking pulling pizza slices out from under the car seat and eating them. You idiot. That's all your fault. <laughs> this is this is self inflicted. Not only that, but you bought the pizza from Harold. So fucking bad luck, mate. <laughs> I must say, if they. As a, as a collector, I have, you know, I, I do enjoy sort of collecting the different iterations of Jason and things like that in figure form. I'm crying out for a demon. I need a demon on the shelf. And I would... Uh, I, I, it should be I would, him uh, sitting on the can. I would, yeah, so, yeah. yeah I would, I would, hopefully someone would craft an, uh, an outdoor shitter that I could have him perched on uh, yep. on the shelf. Enchilada in hand. <laughs> he doesn't come with, like... Extra like weapons or anything. He comes with a slice of pizza, angelas, yeah. box of egg rolls, <laughs> egg rolls, on <laughs> his hand every day. <laughs> I mean, the guy's on screen for like the guy's on screen for what? Probably five minutes. He offers up 
enchilada, taco, egg roll, and pizza in that time. <laughs> He's got a bit of everything. <laughs> oh. We'll get back to Damon because he will come up again. <laughs> he will come up here. And, you know, I feel he could have his own sitcom. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> He's running a, uh, a small um, food stand. <laughs> yeah, well, it'd be, man versus, it'd be man versus food style show with Damon. Yeah. Or honestly, I'd even take like a nice romantic intimate, like a chef. It's just like John Favreau's chef with Damon. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to bond with his young son or something, cooking up enchiladas. <laughs> Yeah, and then every time they start to talk about something serious, he goes, oh, <laughs> damn it, geladas. Yeah, it runs on. I can't believe that we haven't got a T-shirt from Fright Rags about the damn yet. <laughs> I would buy two. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, let's move on to part six because it's pretty um, – Pretty light in the in the WTF moments as well because it's um it's a little much it's much better written for starters, but I still don't understand why the dude is wandering around the the bush in a paintball game with a machete, <laughs> like, <laughs> with a machete. Like, what are you using it yeah. for? What's <laughs> what's its purpose? He also seems to be choosing a path to walk. So that he can use the machete because there's ways around it. You can see there's ways that he could go where he wouldn't have to cut through anything, but he's just walking with a machete specifically to places that he has to cut something with it. <laughs> but yeah, you're not allowed on the course, mate. As soon as you pull that out, ah, uh, sorry, sir. Yeah, you'll need to leave that one. Yeah, here. Leave the machete behind, um, just- mate. <laughs> yeah. Silly. I mean, when you're watching the series front to back, when you get to the very first, I guess, meta moment of it, for me, it's like, oh, wait, hang on a second. Wait, what's going on? When when Martin, the, the gravedigger, like turns and looks towards the camera and is like, you know, some folks have a strange idea of entertainment. I'm like, wait, wait, okay. All right, Martin, I see what you're doing. But then he caps that off yeah. with a, does he think I'm a fart head? It <laughs> <laughs> cuts to the kids screaming, yes! <laughs> yeah, probably probably not the best yeah. that Tom McLaughlin got to with the script. <laughs> Again, a fun moment, but while you're watching three, it really, you know, throws you for a loop. <laughs> yeah. I also had a, obviously we've mentioned Megan's decision making. I mean, that is just, what is she doing? Like, I don't think anyone is good looking enough that when you've heard Freshly delivered from a mental institute and sitting in a prison cell, yeah, yeah. And you think, "All right, here's my ch- here's my God, shot." God, that guy is that guy is super hot. What was that? You just yeah. you just escaped from a mental hospital with Horshack. All oh, right, <laughs> hang on. Yeah, yeah, forget about what I said. Yes, yeah. um, and the I'm other one, I had I had one uh, big query around. The, one of the things that I really didn't like about part six, there's not a lot of them, but I don't know how we got to he has to be killed where he where it started, like drowning him in the lake, although that became a pretty handy part of the mythology to use. It just seemed to come out of Tommy's rear end. I think that's where he just sort of just said it. <laughs> he just said it, and that, that made it canon, basically. Yeah, not a lot of yeah. effort put into that, I must admit. I mean, it does make a little bit of sense, but, you know, you could say we could try taking him back to the lake because he seemed to drown there the first time. But even then, it didn't work because he's still wandering around. So Yeah, or, yeah. or even oh, to yeah. have some sort of harbinger of doom explain the rule or something to make sense. But for him to just yeah. come out of nowhere with, yeah, 
We need to kill him at the yeah. least. <laughs> no, but what they could have done too oh, is they well, could have just a couple of years back. I, I bumped into Crazy Ralph and we we split a bottle at the bar and he, he kind of mentioned to me that that's how you do it. <laughs> because Jason's not a supernatural entity and even though the film was making him out to be one, what they could have just had is that Tommy's thinking was he wants me. He still wa- he wants to finally get to me. And that that, yeah. mean, that means he can, he can go out on the boat in an attempt to, to drown Jason because that's the best yeah. option. You know, it's not going to be able to shoot him. You're not going to be able to, you know, run him over or anything like that. So you can take him out. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, this just seemed like a, a silly decision to make because it kind of, like, insinuates that Jason has – he's a supernatural being and you can, you can take care of that supernatural being by doing this. But mm. – as you said, plucked from his ass. You know, he, yeah. he, he, there's no yeah. re- there's no reasoning behind why he did it. Yeah, and I can sort of like I can see why because sometimes when you explain it, it ends up more ridiculous. Looking at Jason goes to hell, for example, <laughs> kind of which way do you go? On balance, I think they probably made the right decision rather than going into large scale sort of things and trying to explain it. But a little bit of something about where you got it from, because he seemed to have books on the occult and things like that. So maybe he could have just said, "Yeah, it's on page 40. Check it out. <laughs> like that's where I got it from." Yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah, it's in um, it's in Dianetics. <laughs> I really like Dianetics. Uh, I believe that's how you're supposed to do it. <laughs> so, um, any more yeah. in six? Because six is pretty lean for me. Yeah, same. Yeah, that was it. Um, part seven. I mean, there's a bit here. <laughs> I'd like to there know is. why Maddie just gets dressed up. After being told, look, you're, you know, you're not his type. You're a bit of an ugly duckling. She gets all dressed up, and next, next, we cuts away, and we cut to her just wandering out in the bush, going, yelling out that bloke's name. I can't remember his name now, but just randomly yelling out that fella's name. Like, so why did you think he was out there? <laughs> did anyone tell you <laughs> yeah. he was out there, or did you just decide oh, I better get out there and see if he's out there? It's just, it's classic Friday, yeah. you know. Oh, we better get people. Separated. How do we do it? Oh, don't worry. <laughs> just wander out there. Yeah, yeah. Don't, yeah. She'll just go for a walk. And she basically wanders. She runs to like a, I don't know, cabin full of axes or something. <laughs> 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 he her in there and just kills her. So, oh, she stumbled know. across the Younger Institute's uh, tool shed. <laughs> There's some freshly sharp axes to use, ready to go. So I never quite understood that. I also had a. I actually str- had one. This is a very minor one, but early on, they rock up and there's a shot. There's a shot of the lake. I think it's when Teen is a kid. Maybe I can't actually remember exactly where it was, but there's a shot of the lake. Dead sad. It's about two foot deep. Like if Jason's in there, he's he's only up to his waist. <laughs> <laughs> Having seen some other, you know, where they show the lake in other parts, it looks like a fairly big body of water. Yeah. This one looks like a puddle. Yeah. So I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure it all fit this time around, but yeah, that was a minor one. So back to what you were saying there, Adam. This was more of a. Um, it was kind of a what the fuck, but it's more of a when you know how the girl says to the you know the nerdy guy who's always wandering around crapping on about you know star mummy and all that sort of bullshit that he goes on about. Yeah, you know, that dude. And then she comes along and she says to him, you know, we should go upstairs. And then they cut back, and he's. Trying to pleasure her, but it looks like he's, it looks like he's like chewing on a thigh or something. He seems to be definitely in the wrong place. 
thinking, yeah, mate, look, that you, you, you would have been waved. You would have got the tap. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, get out of there. I just rewatched the movie uh, Hall Pass, which I, again, not a movie you need to rewatch, but uh, there's a bit of line. I think he calls it fake chow, <laughs> which is when you use your fingers instead and you just make smacking sounds with your mouth off to the side. I think that's what was going on there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also pretty confused by by the fact that isn't this is it Crazy Ralph who's recapping the previous yes. film? We get like an intro from I don't know I don't know why I was just very confused like why is Crazy Ralph doing all this? He was dead four <laughs> movies ago or what? <laughs> no, just a, a, a peculiar it a decision. It was a cut yes. Brad, and he's down at the pub going <laughs> waxing lyrical in the corner about Jason. Shut up and get him out of here. Yeah, the owners say, shut the fuck up, Ralph. We want people to stay tonight. Yeah. Like, I you've need to sell some beer. You've had enough now, mate. <laughs> or, a cut scene, or a cut scene from Six where maybe maybe he was also hit by lightning and, and reawakened. <laughs> Jason and Ralph live, yeah, and he comes back to... Tell the tale. <laughs> yeah, you hear, oh, you hear Jason's kind of, um, I guess you'd call it his his musical number, which is the kick, kick. and then you just yep. hear death curse. <laughs> <laughs> You're all doomed. Jason start looking around, yeah. going, oh, shit. "Is he waking up Fucking again? Do I have to kill him again?" Oh no. Uh, part seven has got a few I, others. Yeah, I got one here. I think uh, you've probably got a bit. To add to this, too, sort of building on part five again, and how they how they're handling people there. I think um, Doctor Cruz is a doctor in the same <laughs> sense that Doctor Death from the WWE was a doctor. Because <laughs> 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 I think they study together because he flies off the handle pretty quickly as well. <laughs> and I'm still not too sure what the treatment is here. Obviously, you know he's got he's got the ulterior uh, ulterior motives there. But yeah, was he trying another, to bring another Jason character. back? Is that that's kind of what I, I think he was just trying to. Ki- I just got that he was trying to capitalize on Tina's powers so he could get famous off it or something like that. Right. I don't know what. I don't. It's very flimsy. Yeah, and he also uses Tina's mom as a human shield. <laughs> and should should yes. honestly get an assist in this murder because he's holding her arms back yeah. while Jason spears her. Absolutely, absolutely. And after that, there's also an amusing moment where when Tina's looking for her mum. Dr. Cruz, he seems like he's sort of trying to hide, but he's not really hiding. He's kind of just standing out in the open between two trees. And Tina comes past and he's like, Tina. She's like, everyone can see you. <laughs> but, yeah, he's, uh, that, that, that throwing, throwing uh, Tina's mum as a human shield was absolutely top form for him. And you know what, though? That bloke played Bernie in Weekend at Bernie's, and he really needed to take that approach with Jason. <laughs> oh, I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already dead, mate. You don't need to pick me up. <laughs> yeah, you got me. <laughs> don't you remember? It was back at the cabin B. Yeah, you <laughs> bloody brainless idiot. <laughs> yeah, you can break <laughs> Surely. Oh man! All right, I think that's pretty um, much it for part seven, is it? I think I've got a couple. Oh, got a couple. oh yeah, keep them going. Got a couple I'll, I'll throw I'll throw a couple at you and see see what you think about these. So we get a cat scare. There is a cat scare in part seven, but it seems like the, it seems as though the cat leaps out of a cupboard. 
Like someone opens a cupboard, the cat jumps out. But I've got some questions on how long the cat's been in the cupboard. <laughs> um, there was another one about going back to Jason and sort of learning how to use things. How does he know how to start the weed whacker? <laughs> That's that's another tool. I guess I guess now that we know that he's 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 capable of electrical wiring, I probably should strike that from the list. We know he could probably start a weed whacker. <laughs> well, and based on the remake, he could build it. <laughs> he's, he's very capable. <laughs> and the last one was uh, not really not really a big one, but I felt it it had to be mentioned when uh, Tina's getting loaded into the back of the the car at the end. Yeah, the younger EMT has a world class mullet. It is one of the best I've seen. <laughs> it was absolutely killing it. Um, so I thought I had to give him a mention at the very least. Of course. <laughs> and that was uh, that was it for me. Yeah, I, I think sevens sevens. It has a few, but really, this is where the meat is. At part eight, part eight. Oh yeah. I don't like. How did you get? How did we get out of? What was the cruise ship? Was the cruise ship in Crystal Lake? <laughs> it seems was like it, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's got to be. None uh, of that shit makes I mean, sense. if it's going from Crystal Lake to somewhere, like they, they were saying, the people that were, some of the some of the creatives that were trying to explain it were saying, oh, yeah, there must just be, you know, that there's an there's a inlet to the, to the ocean so it can get to New York or whatever. But as you said, Brandon, that doesn't explain... The a dock with the capacity to fucking load a crew ship in, in, in Crystal Lake. Yeah, <laughs> they're not small. And how many people are on that ship? Because it's yeah, a big ship, allegedly. Yeah, where's the cost benefit analysis here? The, the, the number of tickets you're selling is not enough to cover fucking food, fuel, all that sort of business. You're not. You're not making that cruise. No. I mean, the the idea was there was a heap more people. They show that kind of montage of people skeet shooting and all this kind of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> None of them were on the boat when it takes yeah, off. Yeah, they're supposed to say there's like a few hundred, I'm assuming, in the actual ship. Um, yeah. Who, who are then decimated when it gets flooded. I mean, the ship doesn't yeah. really even go down. <laughs> like, no real so way. how come no one else? How come? Uh, how come no one else walks past any of them or anything like that when they're on the boat? Yeah, it's only the school kids. The disco would have been packed. They would have been playing the Friday the Thirteenth <laughs> disco version, and the place would have been packed. And nobody saw Jason or smelt him. Quite <laughs> frankly, he would well, smell awful. Someone did. It's funny that you mentioned that because we have our crazy Ralph. Oh yeah, and he seems to know because he goes. This is this was one of the bigger what the fucks for me is. He says before the boat takes off, this voyage is doomed, and then he jumps on the boat. <laughs> like, what about self preservation, buddy? You can say you're getting on there. I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the voyage is doomed. Oh, I need a paycheck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the the, uh, the the original Crazy Ralph didn't say, the camp's got a death curse. Just wait a minute while I get my sleeping bag and I'll jump into camp. <laughs> yeah. he's, steering, he's steering well away other than when curiosity gets the better of him in part two. And this guy's just, this guy just jumps straight into the, straight into the frying pan. <laughs> he missed that one of those final destination premonitions about shit that's about to go down, but yeah. can't change fate. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. And he just, he sort of, the rest of the movie, he's, he's, he has ample opportunity too. He spends his time wandering around telling everyone they're fucked, but doesn't jump in a lifeboat or something like that. Like, yeah. Especially when it, it starts to go down. Like, yeah. I'm taking the Billy Zade approach in Titanic. <laughs> yeah. I have a child. I have a child. <laughs> Get me out of here! I'm out of here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but that is the only the start of the <laughs> the questions around yeah. this film. I don't quite understand the vision she continues to have of young Jason uh, and the yeah. whole idea that her asshole of an uncle pushed her into the water and Jason grabbed. <laughs> I'm assuming it, it was mentally she she'd sort of yeah he'd been telling her that Jason grabs you if you go if you can't swim. And it was just No, so I thought like, it was I thought it was um Aqualad Jason that had <laughs> survived for fucking thirty years under the water or whatever he did. Like yeah, I don't know. That the the whole visions thing was just it was so bad. And Jason doesn't actually look like Jason. No because Jason, he had hair. The, the the kid Jason. Yeah, he did. Yeah. It was <laughs> a bit off. Well, I, yeah, I, d- I just don't know what they were trying to accomplish there. And I think in the in the no. documentary, Rob Hedden saying, "I oh, want to add some supernatural stuff to compete with Freddy." <laughs> you, <don't, laughs> you, you're not supposed to compete with Freddy with this type of shit. Yeah, your your right. your bread and butter is killing people in interesting ways, and that's it. I mean, I guess the series was kind yeah. of sort of backed into a corner somewhat. By trying to ha- trying to take this approach that then didn't work. Well, sounds like one person was backing them into a corner there, <laughs> or a couple of people discussing that. Yes. Okay, so where um, does you, you, surely Brandon, you can shed some light on this. Where's the toxic waste coming from? Where is <laughs> where, where is the, provide us with some schematics and details of New York City subway sewage systems? <laughs> Yeah, it's well-known fact that every night at midnight, the sewers of New York are flooded with toxic waste. This is how the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were created, guys. We know this, yeah. What I'm a little confused by, just a little, is why this toxic sludge then turns Jason into a baby boy again. <laughs> oh, or into, like, for a while there, he's a crusty critter, like a gross... Yeah. <laughs> the effects there are just disgusting. He vomits on command for no reason as well. <laughs> like, I don't know. He sort of goes, Mummy? What's the point of that? Well, as you said, he'd been trying to escape. Um, he'd been trying to escape his, his mother's kind of demanding and, and overbearing presence for so long. He thought he'd seen her and just vomited everywhere. <laughs> yeah. He saw her coming towards him going, Have you cleaned your room? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, if you can see his little shack out in part two, he definitely hasn't cleaned his room. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. so the, the, the toxic sludge is a absolute head-scratcher. I mean, if that's what you cook up to kill him, you really need to have a good hard look at yourself. I mean, even on the page, <laughs> well, on the page, you're going to be looking at that and going, hmm, that's got a lot of questions that I haven't answered. <laughs> that I haven't to answer. Maybe I shouldn't yep. do it. 
I don't know what it was, but if it was Chud or, or what our fascination was with sewer grates and green vapors in this time, but like the entire all of New York City, there's there's just vats of toxic sludge lying around this entire fucking city. Behind every dumpster is a vat of toxic sludge. That you could throw someone in or, or threaten to shoot heroin into them against. It's just this this city yeah. itself is a what the fuck moment. <laughs> I mean, yeah, who is who is choosing that as their their getaway destination when you live in idyllic Crystal Lake? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to New York and fucking die of toxic fumes. <laughs> it's so bad that the opening montage, the like, you know. 80s music montage with the credits has junkies beating people up underneath <laughs> it, like robbing them and stuff. It's like, no way do I want to go there. <laughs> did, oh my did, God. They were going to New York, correct? They were going. Yeah. To, the yeah. actual class was going to New York. It wasn't that they, I that, think that so. they went down and they turned up at New York randomly. I think they were going to New York. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I can't really remember it very yeah. well because it was so shitty. It's a fever <laughs> so dream, shitty. yeah. Poor, poorly put together. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what they were doing, but... Yeah, I felt like I'd been overcome by toxic fumes after <laughs> watching it. So. Uh, God, there's a lot of questions. I have another one. Um, when um, Tamara pushes Rennie off the ship, comes up and yep. gives her a light shoulder charge and goes, oh, I didn't see you there. There is no railings of any kind. <laughs> 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 Yeah, OSHA would have a real problem with this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, again, that's not what you do. There's you a lawsuit just, on hand. So, you don't just die after someone's a having a, on a cruise ship. <laughs> you are yeah, lost at sea. That's right. And someone's having a big, someone's having a big night at the disco and wandering upstairs and just stumbling over the edge. It's another lawsuit waiting to happen. <laughs> Uh, um, I actually had one about Uncle Charles. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of questions about this man, but the biggest one I had was again comes down to his decision making when he tells the kids don't pull the fire alarm because it'll cause a panic. Five minutes before, from what I could tell, just about everyone on the ship was crowded into the fucking at the scene of a double murder, <laughs> which after that they all took off and armed up to dispense some vigilante justice. So I'm pretty sure the panic's already fucking set in, mate. It's a, I mean, it's the decent thing to do to pull the alarm, isn't it, to alert anyone that wasn't there, which was very few people. Everyone saw the double murder. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's disastrous, this film. Oof. It is. It's harder to it look is. at it's now, <clears throat> looking back at it, what, like, only a few days ago, is just to sort of say, well, I remember thinking this was all right when I was a young boy. And looking back, nothing makes well, you hate your younger you, self more. <laughs> yeah, as I said to you, mate, I, I um, purchased a couple of them when I started buying the DVDs of the series. I was just picking up the singles, and I on DVD I had the original part six and part eight. So I don't know how how did that make the top three that I selected <laughs> off the rack? Because I'm pretty sure they were all available. Maybe it was the the advertising again. I had seen it by this point too. So what was I what was I doing? Yeah, I, I mean, because genuinely, that's my my biggest what the fuck moment of this entire movie is. You know, when when you look at the runtime of your DVD player and it says an hour and five minutes, and they're finally getting off this fucking boat to get to New York, the promise of this movie in an eighty something minute long movie. You know, 
finally I get to see him in Manhattan. Holy shit. I mean, yeah. you, you only see Manhattan for what? Actual Manhattan. For oh, actual Manhattan. Manhattan, maybe 10 minutes, not even, really? Eight? Yeah, I, don't know. I think, it's, I think it's even less because I think it's really only those couple oh. of shots, those couple of sweeping yeah. shots yeah. that come up out of the subway. The rest of it is in Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> so, Toxic sludge. Uh, so oh, basically, Lord. Jared, you were spot on. It was absolute false advertising. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I would have left it on the cruise um, ship and just made it that. I just wanted to bring up Jason's stellar swimming stroke in the open ocean. I mean, the fact that he makes it to the shore, he should be com- competing in the fucking Hawaiian Ironman or something <laughs> with a stroke like that to make it back there. I always I mean, the thought he was walking along the struggling bottom of the to make ocean. <laughs> yeah, like those pirates of the Caribbean skeletons. He's just, yeah, yeah. He's just wandering along the bottom of the ocean. Da, 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 yeah. yeah. He's I'll obviously there very comfortable there. I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I'll come True. across something soon. Yep. You also mentioned, uh, Adam, about teleporting Jason, how this is probably the worst example of it. There's one in particular when they're in the subway, and I, I probably need to watch it again, but it appeared that he was killing the uncle in the subway car behind them, and then when they exit the subway car, he appears in front of them. So there was there was a couple like that where it was just like, Really bad examples of Jason just popping from one spot to another, and as you said, they probably it probably explains it that they were trying to go with the super supernatural element there. I know they did mention that they weren't paying as much attention to that sort of stuff and were purposely doing it on certain uh, at certain points, but yeah, that was another bad decision, I think. Actually, yeah, part eight's the worst of the lot for that, and Jason always cops this kind of stick about how he teleports all the time and gets it, but in most of the others, he doesn't. If you look closely, no, he doesn't. Yeah, in part eight, yeah. when he's chasing the the mute guy who never speaks, who seems to be standing around with the main main uh, male protagonist, who runs and then climbs up the mast, he teleports yeah. twice in like two seconds or something. Two different scenes <laughs> where he just appears standing there, and then yeah. he climbs the mast and the mast, and then boom, he teleports up the mast and grabs him and throws him off. It's like. I know you do, you expect a degree of that, but this one just just didn't even bother to 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 yeah, uh, went over make it anything. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. All right, on to Jason goes to hell. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, <laughs> why, why, why does Creighton Duke, when he mentions Jason Voorhees, think of a young girl in a pink dress putting a <laughs> hot dog through a donut? And the look on the bloke's face is like, what the fuck are you talking about? So weird, man. I mean, Uh, I'm assuming that's an ad lib or something. No, uh, the book suggests that that was on the page because Stephen Williams says, I don't know what they were talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Because he does seem like the sort of guy to ad lib. He sort of seems like the, the the type of guy that would just sort of go off off script a little bit, and uh, I think a lot of the decisions about like the way Creighton Duke looks uh, are down to him. Yeah, but yeah, seemingly that was in the script. So <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a lot of those bizarre lines in there. There's one this one comment by I think this is actually the director Adam Marcus is the coroner who says something like, "You know what, like." To- you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to take a crap right on your fucking mask. 
<laughs> it's so weird to use the F word and the word crap in the same sentence. I just, yeah. it's so weird to me. Yeah, yeah like to take follow- a crap he, on your mouth. He follows it up with a I think he kind of succeeded in some ways. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a big crap. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be 100% sure you're going to deliver that size every time, mate. Yeah, you got to oh. take it easy. Um, oh, yeah, I, there's a fair bit of that, these weird lines that kind of don't don't really fit the whole thing about the guy that's being shaved, <laughs> like tied down and shaved. Yep. There's no real information as to why that would occur. Like, yeah. Because he and Jason took the time, so so he was he was also kind of in a state of sort of semi undressed too, wasn't he? Yeah. So Jason took the time. Jason took the time to put his clothes back on to blend in, um, <laughs> rather than just continue with his mission, which is more of a Jason thing to do. Just you know, I'm in, I'm ready to go. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I've got a couple of questions. The bloke's in his that. boxes at a at a sequence. <laughs> like, it's not a good look. Like, all around, it's not a good look. <laughs> And you listen to yeah. the, the creators in the documentary, and they they don't even seem to know why it's in there. It just seems to be like a shock value moment that they just like, yeah, we, we want to do something different and weird. And it's like, well, why? I don't. I just don't get it. <laughs> yeah, if you want to do something a little bit different and weird, do it as you know when Jason's killing somebody or something like that. That's where you get your creative outlets to have a bit of a bit of a play with that sort of stuff. Or do it with a, a character like Jimmy. Don't do it with a bloke strapped down and shaved <laughs> a shaved and violated. Uh, so they can yeah do the little like puppet master out the mouth worm thing that I've never that I've always found gross not yeah, it does uh, as you said it, it as you said Brandon it does look a lot like a turd when it's yeah, coming out. It's just <laughs> gross. <laughs> all the sound effects are Make like, <laughs> <laughs> I was also sort of uh, taken aback by Richard. It's it's not a knock on Richard Gant because I think he's he's pretty good, but the fucking fervor that he devours that heart with. Oh like, my gosh! <laughs> how he sort of gets taken over and then he kind of starts like twitching and then he just <laughs> just fucking goes for it. It blows up like a gusher too. They're all gross. All this heart eating. Oh. <laughs> all this black shit's flying out of the heart. Yeah. Oh. I must admit, I always get a giggle out of his um, his comment into the into the little um, dictaphone that he's working with where he says, uh, uh, my... Uh, my opinion, this guy's dead and shit. Then he goes, yeah. yeah, strike that from the record. <laughs> the other one about in, in Jason Goes Hell, it's always, uh, I'm, I'm unsure of, is breaking the guy's fingers for information. I still, I don't really get the price. <laughs> yeah, we're supposed to be killing this thing. I need my hands. <laughs> Correct. I don't need to be one handed because you want some. Info. You want to give me some info. I mean, exactly. It seems one- like Duke knows. Duke knows where this needs to go, so he needs. You know, hopefully, an able-bodied sort of, or as as able-bodied as possible in this situation. You don't take a bloke with a hand that's working fine and fucking. Destroy it. <laughs> he can help you, Duke. Not sure about that. Saying, oh, but the, it comes at a very heavy price. <laughs> Whereas I'm going, just tell me you fucking 
idiot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Stop fucking around. If we go back, if we go, you know, if we can get back out the front, my wallet's out there. Can I pay the price that way? <laughs> you, you take a twenty. <laughs> it's sort of uh, Duke also does a bit of Jason style morphing. He, he, when he gets out of the cell, he seems to make pretty fast tracks to the diner compared to when you see how the two leads get out and then they're getting chased and Duke gets out there as well, manages to get the kid and piss off before any of that goes down. So he's, I reckon he's, uh, he's well, he's got a few tricks up his sleeve too. Well, he does have a, um, he does have a, I don't know, sword and sorcery style dagger in his possession. Correct. I'm sure he's probably got a few things up his sleeve. Maybe a hot hot dog and a donut too. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's the information I'm giving him. He's breaking my fingers. <laughs> well, I think of it as a hot dog. <laughs> so weird. That's a television interview, too. They're asking him about him. Yeah, that's what it should have been. You're, you're next to a, a bloke who's rambling absolute nonsense in the prison cell. He breaks your fingers, and then he says, I think of a girl, you know, in a, in a, in a dress with a hot dog and a donut. <laughs> I still I don't know more, what, what he thinks of Jason, though. scenario. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even provide an answer to the question. Yeah. He just kind of fobs it off. Yeah, but he just goes and sits down I'm, again. If I'm, um, if I'm uh, Stephen and I, he's broken two of my fingers and he goes, oh, I just think of Jason as a little girl putting a hot dog through a donut, I'm going, oh, shit, this guy's crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. He actually did not have any information to give me. He just, yeah, he just wanted to break my fingers. <laughs> um, so getting into the mythology a little bit, and this is this is going to raise quite a few here. Why is Jason able to talk only when it's sort of required? Because oh, he's never great. spoken before. He just kind of grunts occasionally. Other than obviously when he was <laughs> reformed to reformed to a child in part eight, maybe that's where they got it from that he could speak. But he speaks uh can't remember who it is. It's when he takes over the news reporter, isn't it? He speaks No, no, it's when he takes over the cop. The young yeah. cop, I think. Or one okay. of the cops. Yeah, that's right. They and both I, speak to her about oh, giving at the end, kid. yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end yeah. he speaks as well to try and throw her off the scent. So yeah. again, where did this come from? Because it's still, I'm assuming it's still Jason, but I yeah, don't know. Yeah, that's the assumption I've got. I don't know. Considering every time he walks past a mirror or any yeah. sort of reflective surface, you can see him. So I yeah. don't know. I'm not sure where that comes from. I also don't understand where his sister and everything came from. And Well, I've got another big query that around that one. So they only really mention it's got to be a Voorhees woman. We find out it doesn't have to be a living Voorhees woman. <laughs> That's right. So why didn't he just go to the cemetery again <laughs> and dig up mum or something? We know where her grave is. It's by the side of the road in part four. So <laughs> it's easily accessible. <laughs> so that yeah, was what? another. I think that, another I think that would have been a cool. Did work. That would have been a cool wrinkle, you know, the whole idea that he uses his mother to become reborn. Like that would have actually been a an interesting element if you went that way. Would have made just as much sense as this this did. This <laughs> hodgepodge of bullshit that we can't talk about. 
Yeah. Uh, okay. Do, you got any others? Oh yeah, Jesus, I've got a couple more. Entire film, <laughs> Brandon, have you have you got any over there before I dig into these last couple? <laughs> yeah, my, my last one really was just this whole like uh, <laughs> I'll have a Voorhees burger and a side of Jason fingers. The fact that they monetized <laughs> this serial killers. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It'd be like going to get you know to Denny's, and they're like, "You want a Ted Bundy uh, ham over <laughs> ham and eggs?" Or it's just ridiculous. I don't know. Yeah, not sure about the uh, not sure about the sales tactics there. <laughs> no. Yeah. I also um, I'm glad you brought it up yesterday, but when she gets punched in the face, that, that that's sort of <laughs> <laughs> the, way, the way she looked afterwards was just it was it, it could only induce laughs. Yeah. Not scares. <laughs> it looks like claymation on her face, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the last couple that I had were, um, well, the last one, really, I suppose. I know I'm not going to get an answer here, but <laughs> if Jason is is reborn at the end, why isn't he somewhat freshened up? Because he comes back as the same rotting fucking lump that he was beforehand. <laughs> yeah. What a raw deal. Not only yeah. that, he... He's in the same torn clothes and stuff that he was when he got blown up. <laughs> you think if you were going to the going to the effort to to be reborn, you might do a Jason X style. Yeah, he's he's back and he's he's worse than he was before. You know. Yeah. Thankfully, the Whereas creatives just got their shit together and, and rated that wrong in the sequel. Yeah. Here. <laughs> so it was another one with the mythology where it's just like, okay, so he comes back. But he's still, you know, got the same same torn clothes he's been wearing for the last twenty five years, <laughs> and he's still got all the same scars and burns and everything. Yeah, it's just I was just looking at it when he burst out of the ground. Initially, it was like, oh yeah, that's pretty cool, and then it was kind of like, hang on a minute, <laughs> nothing's reborn here. Yeah. So that was that one for me, and that's yeah, I think that that's it for me. What are your thoughts on the little Jason Worm? How oh. it looked. <laughs> Other than when it came out of the mouth and looked like a turd, when it was yeah. scurrying along the floor. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not a fan. I I did like the the you know the Cronenberg melting effects of the bodies when they're kind of that looked pretty good. I did like that a lot. But yeah, when yeah. when it's this little fucking bug creature running around the floor, yeah. not, not my Jason thing. <laughs> no, and that whole thing when it gets out there and it scurries down and sees the dead mother. Yep. Oh yeah, and then just. <laughs> shoots up between the legs. It's, it's like, oh, that wasn't nice, though. No. Yeah, we've and done enough of that. Saying, Part three took care of that. She wasn't aware of any of that. And, oh, you know, that's when right. She finally yeah, saw the film. She was like, oh, she felt violated. <laughs> I went <laughs> too. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I was sitting there. The, 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 the question I had on her was. Why were you even watching it? <laughs> I would have just ticked that box, taken the paycheck, and disappeared on that one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm out. Take your money and run. All right, well, let's move on to you guys' favourite films. <laughs> this is the next. Let's do it. There's, there's not, much, only one there's not big, much to talk about. There's it's only one big. Almost perfect. Well, the, the good thing this one has in its favour is that it's all set in the future. Yeah. So you can write off a lot of that sort of shit, you know, like it's all just acceptable that it's, it's a futuristic film. The one I, the question I've got that I'd like some clarification on is when we see the teacher in a pink teddy <laughs> having his nipples clamped by one of his students, 
Then he proceeds to finish with, you pass. <laughs> yeah, he's getting like his nipples pinched with some like future tongs or something. Uh, yeah, that professor, oh, what a guy. He only wants his yeah. machete. Oh, God. Yeah, he was Stop a bit of a shocker. When I, when, like in in a way, it is kind of funny because again, it's a, sort of a, a subversion. Of, you can see where they were trying to go, but, but yeah, when he when he sang out "You Pass," it was sort of yeah, whatever you were going for <laughs> has just just burst off into a cloud of a cloud of smoke. There, it's just gone. I don't remember the character's name, but there's that one lady who whose lover is, is stabbed in front of her, and then she's kind of gone for a bit of it, and then she comes back to, like, yeah. she's in a pod, and they're trying to talk her out of it, and for no reason at all, she just essentially kills herself, just drives the pod into another, it all explodes and shit, but her whole reaction to everything is, <laughs> she shuts right down, and I, I don't know, she's already yep. pissed me off, and then something that we, we gloss over, and I think if you were to, I mean, really crunch the numbers, this movie must have by far the most deaths in it because at one point they drive that ship accidentally through that entire colony of humans i'm assuming like a space station yep. where everyone must be killed uh-huh. in there and no one talks about it again but these guys they've murdered i mean thousands were killed then yeah and he actually like on screen he 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 goes through more than I actually remembered. I mean, he goes through that whole sort of colonial Marines rip-off team. He rips through, like, six or seven of them. Yeah, destroys that city. Like, he must have killed bloody thousands of people on that thing. So, But I love the fact that, as you say, Brandon, it's just kind of like, whoops. <laughs> exactly. It's like a steering. I hit a cone driving down the road. It's like, oh, shit, well. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, oh, jeez. Don't look back. <laughs> the, 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 the colony's gone, mate. Yeah, <laughs> there's no the discussion point. about uh, what do we say when we get back? Nah, no, just don't say anything. <laughs> it wasn't us. Yeah. We're students. We're students, mate. They should have left us in jail. <laughs> yes, exactly. I got a, I got a WTF about the science lab at the start, like as you brought it up before, Adam, but a, 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 what looks like a very hefty research facility at Crystal Lake. I want to know, the, I want to know why we established it there. I guess the population is not very large. You're not finding many scientists down there. Um, <laughs> yeah. I guess the rents. Last cheap. time I checked, Crystal Lake was a was a, was a party town. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a research facility. Is it? Yeah. I mean, no wonder Jason got out. The place. Yeah, no wonder Jason got out. You're hiring people that, that are bloody high and stoned and expecting them to be able to chain him up properly. And you, <laughs> but yeah, it, 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 again, my mind wandered. I thought, yeah, well, what are the what are the what are the pluses to having a research facility here? So the rent was cheap for the for the scientists. But then I thought to myself, imagine being the poor bastard that's, that runs Crystal Lake Real Estate, <laughs> calling people up, <laughs> calling up landlords, going, "Yeah, look, sorry, mate, we've lost another tenant. Yeah, yeah, we've decapitated this." <laughs> Time. I guess the positive is um, we don't have to replace any windows. He just kicked the door down this time. So if you could just leave me some money for that, we'll get you all sorted. <laughs> get another lot of campers down here for the weekend. <laughs> yeah, you are you are pushing shit uphill to get people in your accommodations and your condos and stuff around the joint. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> You've really got to sell. I also love how in, what, 400, 500, 400 years in the future, they still all know. Who Jason Voorhees is? The guy on the phone's that's like, right. "Hang on a second, I think that sounds familiar." 
Yeah. I mean, if, yeah, if they research it. 400 years in the future, Jason Voorhees is a spec, mate. Yeah, <laughs> if they researched it, if they researched it and found some information, you're kind of like, yeah, you can buy that. You could you could have done that pretty quickly with all their technology. Just like, yeah. you know, hey, Siri, search Jason Voorhees. But yeah. they, <laughs> the fact that that guy goes... Hang on a minute. Did you say voice? <laughs> they doubled down on it. Like, it's still a big deal. Yeah. 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 That was awesome. For me, my last little one, uh, this is, I guess, just some stupid world building that they throw in in a sentence. But I, I had to, like, stop and say, like, wait, what did they just say? One of the guys says, hey, you're, you're lucky you weren't alive during the Microsoft conflict. Hell, we were beating each other with our own severed limbs. <laughs> what horse shit is this? What are you talking about? <laughs> such a dumb throwaway line. Have, yeah, I guess it explains why they have such little regard for the thousands of lives they fucking took <laughs> 20 so. minutes before. We lived through the Microsoft conflict. That's nothing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just a couple of thousand. Don't worry about that. Yeah. The Microsoft conflict was tens of thousands. It's like a war, yeah. Again, another throwaway line that has kind of taken on another uh, – Taking on a, a, something different with age is um, when Cronenberg's in there, he talks about transferring Jason. He says they're going to transfer him to Scranton. So immediately I'm thinking, he's going to the office. Friday the 13th, we've got a crossover <laughs> happening here. Jason takes the office. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, he's going to get he's going to get transferred to a, a paper mill. Is that what? <laughs> yeah. Paper. Yeah. He's going to be sitting next to um, Creed or one of those guys. <laughs> Imagine that, just having a talky head in every episode. It's just Jason sitting there with, you know, not, saying nothing. And then I'd, we cut to the next I'd person. love that, yeah. <laughs> the last one I had was, uh, there's only a little bit of it, but this film has more discussion about Jason's dick than I ever needed. <laughs> um, when, when the two students are getting sort of hot and heavy right next to the bloody thawing corpse. <laughs> The, the girl says, I bet he's hung like a mammoth. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't thinking about that, but hey. <laughs> All right. That's where yeah. your mind's okay. going. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. Look, some of the some of the dialogue's atrocious in Jason X. And, you know, as you said before, Brandon, you know, they're trying to do this world building by saying stupid things like that about the Microsoft conflict, and they're trying to, you know, a lot of it doesn't particularly work. Yeah, it's all half-ass. <laughs> there is some sparkling dialogue, though, like, I'm a bitch. Oh, yeah. I'm a like, bitch you know, when I get up or whatever, and the guy says, the did you just get up? <laughs> That's one of my favourite lines in the series, because he wasn't wrong. Janessa was a bitch. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you want a beer? Or do you want to smoke some pot? Or we can have some premarital sex. We love premarital sex. <laughs> Oh man! Come on, Adam. Right, you know, you know, you want to get on board. You just you're missing oh, out. Look, I'm more on board than I used to be. <laughs> <laughs> I can hate the movie. <laughs> I've thawed on it. I've thawed. I gotta say, I this was the first one I was old enough to see in the cinemas. So yep. me and two of my two of my dopey mates that are of a similar kind of mindset, we went in and watched it, and there was like two other people in the cinema. And we were laughing our asses off through the whole, like, the, the line that Brodsky delivers about the poke in the ribs. Yep, that ought to do it. We just fucking burst out laughing. And then they did the sleeping bag one. 
and just about all three of us were, were almost in the aisle rolling with laughter. And one of the two other people in the cinemas was looking at us like, what's wrong with you guys? And then <laughs> on the way out, the other guy was like, that was fucking hilarious, wasn't it? And we were just like, yeah, mate, you know where it's at. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was a that, – that maybe that's that's – Part of the reason for my fondness is was this was the first one Nostalgia, I could check out in the cinema. Nostalgia. Yeah, but yeah. All right, let's tie it. Let's um, tie it all up with the remake. The biggest thing for me, because I think that, once again the remake actually does a reasonable job of keeping it, I guess, present day as as normal as you could possibly get it. E.g., Jason is the way he is. He's not. He's running and all those things. But I just can't understand. A, the tunnels, yes, they mentioned the fact that there's an, a disused mine around here. Mm. I don't know why there would be a disused mine right next to a fucking summer camp. It's beyond me. But the amount of work to put the elect- electrics in there, <laughs> I mean, it's not <laughs> you don't just turn up and start turning the lights on. You're contracting that, that out. <laughs> Yeah, that is. That's that, a you actually have to bypass into the electricity that's nearby. Like, <laughs> you got to get up on the pole. You know, there's a lot of work there. The more that I've watched it over the years, I've looked at it and I've kind of developed this kind of story in my head that it looks like he's just stripped the camps and done all the work with what was in the camps. Sure. But you're right, Adam, that still requires a bit of a leap onto how he's, where he's running it from. Has he just nipped into someone's backyard and fucking piggybacked off their electricity or <laughs> yeah, something? Or, yeah, like, or someone sent him a bill, here? yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, there's somebody <laughs> in Crystal Lake, probably that old lady, I reckon, who's getting a bill every month going, Jesus Christ, can we turn the heating down a little bit because this bill's just getting higher and higher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how did I get three times, of, you know, a bill three times as expensive as the previous one? Uh, Someone's working it out, you know, working out that he's piggybacking off something or he's, you know, he's attached himself somewhere. Yeah. Um, but it just doesn't make sense. Like, it should have been like, I mean, this sounds stupid, but it should have been like candles and shit like that. Well, if you, you go know, with like, the, if you go with the survivalist angle, the shack from part two makes way more sense. Yeah, I, I actually reckon that was a better fit. Just have him do what he was doing there, and the fact that he was kind of it looked like he was living in the well, not living, but the the old house looked like it was the Voorhees house where they found the bed with Jason on it and that sort of thing, it would have made mm. more sense that he was just fucking hanging out there. Well, I think we're forgetting yeah, she was... his, his, you know, his biggest means of, of funds. His, he's got a giant-ass marijuana field out back that he's tending to, <laughs> and he's selling on the side of these kids or whatever's going on. That's that's how he's True. funding this operation, yeah. That's right. Maybe yeah, tra- right. He, he might be trading trading some for, for the electrical work. Let's keep it off yeah. the books. Yeah. I'll just give you... I'll Give you a couple of bags. You, you wire up a couple of lights. How's that work for you? He's in it with Donnie, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Jason killed Donnie over a drug drug deal. Well, that, you, you've just hit on that. You, you nailed it there, Brandon, because Donnie does offer some drugs. He so does, that's right. It. Yeah. Yeah, Jason, Jason just, you know, cut a few off the side for me, and there you go. That's yours, mate. <laughs> Well, that's true. That's what he could be doing. He could be doing. I mean, Donnie. You know, we'll, we'll get that, to him, but, but that's below the below the radar. Donnie himself yeah. is is really a 
a WTF moment for the for, the, for this entry. It's just his his demeanor, that what he's doing to this mannequin. There's a line of dialogue that suggests he lost his virginity <laughs> to it. Um, oh, good. And then I God. wrote I, t- I I wrote one down verbatim, and I actually rewound it to make sure I was getting it right. But he's like, he says, oh, "I'm gonna fuck." <laughs> I'm gonna fucking pound you so hard to the mannequin. Oh my god. Oh my god. He's just got some awesome lines though. Cause yeah, he does offer Clay, I think it is, the supernatural guy there. He, he does offer him some drugs, but when he he's first startled yeah. by him and he's like, You're fucking lucky there, stretch game that close to hitting the start button on the whoop ass machine, boy. <laughs> I, I must say one thing they got right about Donnie is that he's hanging out by himself. No <laughs> Thankful, yes. No, exactly. <laughs> if there's if this guy, this gross guy exists, at least he's doing this to inanimate objects. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> That's just you, Jerry, only hurting yourself, Donnie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't bring this up either when we talked about the, the remake itself, but I actually think they got the the um crazy Ralph type character pretty right like the old woman oh yes yeah he says have you seen her and she says he's not she's not missing she's dead yep yeah he just wants to be left alone and you know she leaves it they leave it real vague and stuff like that but it's got it's got a bit of sort of a menacing quality to it yeah i think they actually got that right it was better which is surprising because a lot of those soothsayer type of characters don't really work the only thing i the only thing i didn't like was he just wants to be left alone i'm kind of like you could have left it at She's dead, and been a little, been even more vague, because that makes it seem he like he just wants just, to be left alone. Well, that makes unless it seem like to buy two ounces of marijuana. <laughs> it seems like Jason's if you like got to buy this... a couple of bags of mal, mal he'll, yeah. he'll sell it to you. <laughs> it ma- makes it seem like she's got some uneasy truce with Jason. That yeah, you know, if she's out, if she's out walking that dog, and she stumbles across Jason, she just goes. I'll go this way, you go that way. And Jason's like, yeah. off they go. Like. Yeah. Or it's her, um, it's her electricity he's stealing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. we've cut a deal. I'm getting high every night. I'm high as shit right now. That's why I can't talk to you. Because Donnie mentions he's someone stealing the kerosene. That's yeah, right, yeah. Doesn't yeah, he? Yep. Yeah. And that's Jason. Yeah. Which is good. That's that that sort of stuff. Up. I thought that was one yeah. of the things the remake did Believable. really well was they, they had it like people were somewhat aware. Donnie not because he's as dumb as shit, but he was like, Yeah, someone's stealing <laughs> damn kerosene every night but I'm still gonna leave it where it was. <laughs> but but um yeah, they, they mostly got that right for sure. I I've got a little little question about so, as a whole, I, I like the way that they kind of rushed through the setup, that they gave the nods to the original but went straight to Jason. Just, I mean, why didn't Jason just say, Mom, I'm here, I got I'm here. out. <laughs> before, that girl, before that girl cuts your head off, I'm just, I'm, I made it out safely, just, just so you know. Um, and also... If nothing has, I guess, with the old woman and that, they explain that some things have taken place before then, but it seems like everyone knows that Jason was watching her, which would make it seem like somebody was watching Jason watch her. <laughs> oh, yeah, to tell the Jason tale, was, yeah. <laughs> Jason was upset yes. because he saw his mum get killed, so that was a little bit kind of, hang on a minute, but, yeah, it, overall I did like the way they did it. I think yeah. it was better to just go through it quickly and sort of move on. Any other 
WTF moments on this one? I just had Other one last Trent. one. Yeah, I was going to say Trent. Trent in general is just. Uh, I mean, we could do a whole hour or two on that guy, but I think it's Chewie or one of these one of these side characters who says the girl's dancing on the table, and he looks over to the other guy and he says, "In my next life, I want to come back as one of the buttons on the ass pocket of her jean shorts." Like, why? Why? Out of anything, you can come back. You want to come back as a button on? It's just such a dumb thing to say. Yeah. It doesn't. I think the one of the guys, the other guy, kind of pulls him on for it. I'm like, why would you want to do that? I also, yeah. I must admit, I, I couldn't quite understand the whole thing with the bloke. Not, not, not couldn't quite understand it, but found it kind of vaguely out of place. Where the bloke's looking to um, pleasure himself, and he can't seem to find any sort of materials other than a fucking winter catalogue. Yeah, <laughs> I'm mate. That's when you say. Yeah, it's not happening today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's also doing it in the living room. In the living room, yeah. <laughs> bold. <laughs> a lot of windows around too, guy. Very bold. I mean, we're worried about Donna, Do- Donnie, sorry. We've, we've got this bloke who's willing to just drop his old fella out in the middle of the living room and go to work. Like, <laughs> he might be the biggest scumbag of the two, come to think of it. <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, any others? That was all for me. Same. All right. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.